0: Chaidosh everyone, hope you have a wonderful day Thank you very much We dedicate today's class The safety and security of our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land Especially those who are mobilized on the front line Hashem should keep each and every one of them safe So up to in the third chapter in Kiddushi, And on top of page 64a, the mission. So when the father says is I betrothed my daughter his minor daughter or he says I betrothed her and then and then I I divorce, I accepted a divorce for her she and she's still a minor when he's testifying when he's saying this as of now at this moment she's still a minor now she's still a ktano. When he's testifying this, he's, she's still a minor. And that when he's believed. So if he says she's betrothed, she's a married woman. And she's prohibited to anyone. And when he says that she's divorced, she's, uh, she's permitted that. But she's a divorce. She's prohibited to a The father is believed. But if he says, I betrothed her and I, divorced, I accepted a divorce on her behalf when she was a minor. But now, when he's testifying, now she's already an adult. She's already over 20, 12 and a half years old. Ain't an emma. He's not believed. She can't, he can't prohibit her. He can't say that she's a married woman, and she's not prohibited to a One witness. He's not, he's not two witnesses. He's one person. So she says, I'm not. He says, I am. Okay, you fly a kite. It doesn't mean anything. It has no legal standing. Two witnesses says She's married. And she screams, I'm not. Of course, we believe two witnesses. Or vice versa. If he testified when she's a minor, when he had jurisdiction, then that sticks. And even later on, when she grows up, it doesn't matter. But if he comes to testify after she's no longer under his jurisdiction, it's meaningless. What if he says, Nishbitz. He, he, he testifies. that my daughter was kidnapped. Kidnapped by Hamas. And I redeemed her. I rescued her. for she's not allowed to live with a Koyan because we assume that they raped her. The Mishnah. We assume we assume that they raped her. So she's prohibited to the Koyan. So we say, the Mishnah says, He's not, belie- He's not believed to prohibit her. He's she's allowed to marry a koyim. It doesn't matter. When he testifies, if, she, if he testifies, even when she was a minor, not only if he testifies, she's, she's already uh, an adult. He's not believed. He's not believed. Liberation is not believed. The Torah believed him, gave him jurisdiction to marry her, to accept the divorce. He never gave a jurisdiction to testify if she's a kidnap, not kidnap. He's like anyone else. One test, one person, unless it's corroborated by two witnesses, it has no legal standing. It doesn't prohibit her in any way, shape, or form. Okay. That's the mission. What's the difference? What's the difference? Why is the father believed to say when she's a minor that? He betrothed her, or that he, he accepted a divorce on her behalf, and to, and to disqualify her from marrying a Koyan. Versus on his, on his older daughter, he's not believed to testify. the mother says, a very simple distinction. Because when she's a minor, she's under his jurisdiction. He can marry her right now, and then he can accept the divorce. So, therefore, we believe him. Once she grows up, she's 12 and a half. He has no jurisdiction over her. So why, why should we believe her? Him over, over anyone else. It's like, it's like one person coming to testify. it has no legal validity. That same reason, he's also not believed to say, to testify that, that, that she was kidnapped. Because it's, it's not within his hands to kidnap her. So even if she's a minor, when he's testifying, we don't believe him. He has a right to betroth her, he has a right then to accept the divorce for her, on her behalf. When, to, she's, a, a when she's a minor. But he doesn't have a right to, he doesn't have a right to kidnap her, he's going to kidnap her and rape her, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. He does, he does, it is in his power. He can marry you off, if she's a minor, he can marry you off to a chalel, a koyin who's disqualified. And then when she becomes intimate, when she's intimate with him, she becomes disqualified from marrying a koyim, ever marrying a koyim. Yeah. So it is within his power to disqualify her. Yes, not by taking her captivity, but he has other ways of disqualifying her for, for, for a koyim. He can marry you off to a chol. The mother says, get, he can't say, well, he can marry you off and divorce her. It's not up to him to divorce. The husband has to divorce. It's not the father doesn't have any jurisdiction to force a divorce. But he does have the power to marry you off to someone that will disqualify her from ever marrying a Kayin again. Even if she's a widow. She's a khul. She married a Cholol. The so mother answers, kasha. That's, not, that's not a question. Because our Mishnah holds, "Kan Rabu Destoy Yehuda." The Amor, he says, "Benayis Yisrael, mikveh Tare Lachalolin." He he's of the opinion that when a when a cholol marries a Jewish a Jewish a Jewish woman, it does not transmit this disqualification of the father does not transmit to his daughters. They could marry a koy. A daughter can marry a coyote, that means the wife, if she becomes a widow, she can also marry a coyote. So therefore he doesn't have an option to disqualify, it's not within his power to disqualify her of a coyote, therefore we should believe him when he says she's kidnapped and she was raped, and therefore she's disqualified from marrying her. He still has an option. He can marry her off to a bastard. And therefore, it becomes prohibited from a. She would become forever. Even if she becomes a widow, she can never marry a Kayan. Even though you're not allowed to marry a bastard. How could they marry off to a bastard? It's prohibited. An Israelite is not allowed to marry a bastard. Yeah. But if he goes ahead and violates the law, it's a, good, it's a valid marriage. Mm-hmm. It's illegal, but it's valid. Mm-hmm. So therefore, since he has the power, and with would disqualify her from, from from marrying a Koyan, and she wouldn't be disqualified from meeting Truma. So why isn't he believed? It is in this power. So believe him when he says, we should believe him when he says she was kidnapped, and therefore we suspect she was raped and she's disqualified from marrying a Koyan. says, in it's not in this power, because Kiva says that anything that's illegal, it's not a valid marriage. If Torah says you're not allowed to. If it's a prohibition, then it then can't be a marriage. You can't tell me, according to Aba Kiva, it doesn't make any sense, the logic. Torah says you're not allowed to. it's an illegal marriage, but it's a valid marriage. What do you mean? If the Torah says no, it's no. So therefore, the father can't marry her. There's no marriage here. And if there's no marriage, he doesn't become disqualified. Just by sleeping with him doesn't disqualify, just by, doesn't disqualify, doesn't. With a mamzer, she would be disqualified from meeting Trumma, from uh, ever marrying a coin. But the father can't force her hand in marriage. The father has jurisdiction to marry her off. So even if you hold, like the rabbis, and that's the halacha, that even though it's illegal, but it's a valid marriage, so the father has the power. I'm marrying you off, you have Rabbi no choice. The says no. The says no. So, so therefore, was, the, was no, so the therefore she, he can't marry her. The Allah is not like Rabbi Kiva. But he's saying our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. And that's why, that's why he says the father not believe that she's a minor because it's not within his jurisdiction to disqualify her from marrying a that, under- that continues. even according to Rabbi Kiva, he has the jurisdiction and the power to marry off Let's say if she's a widow, as a, as a minor, yeah, and 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 the father marries her off to a high priest. So even though it's prohibited, it's illegal. But uh, the kiddushin is a marriage. Look at Rabbi Simoy the Tanya. Like we learn <speaking> in Bratz, Rabbi Simoy, Rabbi Simoy, Rabbi Simoy, Rabbi Simoy. The Bekeiva says any prohibited marriage, the offspring is a bastard because there's no kiddushin. Chutz, with the exception, al manolak en gadol. Why? Because the Taylor says, don't take her hand in marriage, don't betroth her, and don't disqualify the children. This comes to teach us that even if you go ahead and marry her, if the high priest goes ahead and marries a widow, you disqualify the children from being kohenim. The children can never marry a kohen, the daughters never marry a kohen. But you don't turn them into bastards, even though it's a prohibition. The title says, clearly, don't loyika." But this is the exception to the rule, that even though you violated the prohibition, the marriage is valid. So the children are not bastards. It's not like incest or any other type of... But the uh, the children are halal. So therefore, there is an option in the case, in this specific case, if the minor is a widow, and he has the power to marry you after the high priest, and to make her disqualified from marrying a koya and so therefore, authority should be believed to testify that she was kidnapped and and maybe raped and therefore she's disqualified from marrying a koil. You must has had is all so good levida be shave. Oh I'm telling more answers. Get have you shave. He holds a get be shave. do says boy when it's <laughs> it's when I give when let's <laughs> yell at I give when yes. <laughs> not only do we disagree with Rabbi Kiva we vehemently disagree. So aim is a cause only be be is real a bland mums it He's increasing mamzeidim. He's he's making hordes and hordes of bastards. According to him, every illegal marriage turns will turn the child into a bastard. So let's yell, completely repudiate, and rebuke Rabbi Akiva's opinion. We can't accept his opinion. Why? Because he holds from his yelling means he says every. Every marriage which is prohibited, which would include the case of a high priest marrying a widow, would also result in the child being a bastard. So there's no exceptions. So therefore, now that, that explains our Mishnah. Our Mishnah follows Rabbi Kiva, The way Rabbi understood the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, that there are no exceptions to the rule. Any prohibited marriage, including a widow to a high priest, Results in the child being a bastard, so therefore it's not within his power to marry her off and therefore disqualify her from marrying a coyote. So your mother says, This is all good. If he says, He's explaining Shappet. If he's explaining himself the way he understood it. The way he, according to his understanding, that any any prohibition, not only a, a negative prohibition, even a positive mitzvah, anything that the Torah prohibits, the Torah says you're not allowed to marry; it's not a kosher marriage. Then, then it would not be a kosher marriage, then the, the children will be bastards. But if he's just coming. If he's just coming to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Simoy, who says that there is an exception to the rule. Uh, in the case of a widow marrying a high priest. But in the case where there's only a positive mitzvah, then the, even Rabbi Kiva would say that the kiddushin is valid and the child is not a bastard. And so then we ha- we still have a question. <speaking in Hebrew> There's, there's a, there are certain prohibitions with, for example, a convert, an Egyptian convert, or Edomite convert, the Torah says you have to wait three generations to marry the convert. They're 100% Jewish, but you're not allowed to marry within the Jewish people. You have to wait three generations. But the Torah phrases it as a positive mitzvah. The Torah doesn't say, don't, you're not allowed to marry. It says, wait three generations, a positive commandment. You should wait this till the third generation. It's the remedy. Yeah, third generation, but the Torah frames it, phrases it as a positive commitment, which may be remedy. But it's not a prohibition. So, according if Rabbi if Rabbi Shevav is saying according to his own is saying himself standalone statement that anything that the Torah prohibits, the child the kiddushin is not valid and the child is a bastard. So then, even in such a case, even in such a case, the children would be a bastard. If you marry a convert, a first generation Egyptian, might convert, second generation. It's a prohibited marriage. Doesn't, the Torah doesn't say don't, but the Torah says do. You wait till the third generation. You didn't wait. You went against the will of Hashem. Therefore, it's not a. Uh, and therefore, therefore the, child, the child would be a bastard. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to say. So, therefore, so therefore so you have an option, according to this. But if you're going to say he's just he's just, uh, he's just coming to exclude. The opinion of Rabbi Simai, who makes an exception even in the case of a prohibition, in the case of a widow marrying a high priest, so he's arguing. Rabbi Shemav is arguing. Rabbi Simoy says, no, there's no exceptions. Any prohibition, the Torah says clearly, thou shall not. If you violate it, there's no marriage, and the children are bastards. But in the case of which, just a positive commandment, like an Edomite and an Egyptian convert, the first or second generation, if you go ahead and marry, yes, he didn't follow the will of Hashem. But you didn't violate a prohibition, so therefore it's a valid marriage, and the children are the children are are uh, are, not, are not bastards. How Right. So therefore, there is the option: you can always marry. You can marry the father has the power to marry her off to an Edomite or a Mitzri, first and second generation. So the marriage is valid, but she becomes prohibited from, from, from marrying a koyen, or eating troma, like we'll learn later on in the Gemara. So therefore, so it is within his power to disqualify her from marrying a Kayan. So why isn't he believed to say that she was kidnapped and, 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 and maybe raped and therefore disqualified from marrying a koyen? So, Rav Ashi says, do you really hold the ratio your, your whole assumption is that the reason why a father's belief to say she's betrothed and he received a good divorce is because it's within his power to marry. How can you say that? That would only explain if he says that she's married, that part. But how do you explain the fact that he's believed that she's divorced and therefore she's prohibited to a kayan? The other legalsha the father doesn't have the jurisdiction to divorce to accept the divorce to, to divorce her it's, it's the husband's prerogative not the father's the father represents the daughter but he, he's not the, she's the wife not, not, not the, only the husband has that power so why is he believed to say that she is divorced and therefore uh, she's prohibited from marrying a koyan it's not within his power to divorce and her why are they raising it no so why does the mission say you divorce obviously that's not the reason you believe the father. You can't say that the logic, the reason why the mission says we believe the father when she's a minor because it's under his jurisdiction. No, but why do they mention that, that, uh, that, he, that he can divorce her when he can't? No, the mission doesn't say he's, he could divorce her. The mission says he's believed to say that she's divorced. And therefore she's disqualified from marrying a client. Question is why? And after the fact, the husband married. wants to give a divorce. The father could receive the divorce on oh, her behalf. Okay, okay. Right, and he's testifying a that he received the divorce on her behalf. But why should we trust him? Why should we believe him? He has no jurisdiction, he has no power to, to, to have her divorced. I mean, he is he's a, She falls in love with the coyote. Why do we disqualify her from marrying a coin? My father said, why do we believe him? He's like one person, testifying. I, I disagree, I never got a divorce. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, oh, in addition, even more so, yeah, the father could marry her. You're saying the father has the power to marry her off to someone that would disqualify her from ever marrying a kaya. It's in the father's option. It's in his jurisdiction. It's a his jurisdiction to give his daughter's hand for marriage. But it's not in his jurisdiction to convince the husband to want to marry her. Maybe this, this uh, Edomite or this uh, Egyptian want well, to marry your daughter. What do you mean it's in his power? What do you mean it's in his power? It's not in his power. It's not up to him. There's another party involved there. There's a husband involved there. He has the one. So what's the question? No, if you're saying the reason why the Mishnah says we believe the father, even though he's just one person, we don't believe one person to disqualify a person. The only do you believe him, because he has the power to disqualify her anyway. Right. Really? He does? How? He can't disqualify her. He need the, the husband to do it. He can marry her off to someone that that, that she's prohibited? What do you mean he can marry you of someone? You need the one that's going to prohibit her to agree to the marriage. It's not within his power to force someone to marry her, someone that will disqualify her from being a coin. He's going to find the right person who will disqualify her. What makes you think that the person will even want to marry a daughter? He has the power to. to he doesn't have the power to disqualify It's not up to him. Ella Rada Ravashi Ella says the reasoning of the mission is the Torah believes. The Torah gives him that power. How do we know the father has the power to prohibit his daughter, his minor daughter, or till the age of 12 and a half, I mean, tell you, biblically, to say that she's a married woman and she's prohibited, she can't marry anyone else, she's already married, spoken for. says He declares in front of the court when the husband accuses her of being unfaithful, so the father says, I gave my daughter to this man. So the Torah gives him the power, Le'ish. Asra. The moment he says, Le'ish, I gave my daughter's hand in marriage to a man, she becomes prohibited. Because we don't know who, he didn't say yet, when he says, to this one. So then he allows her to marry... This person. So we, the Torah trusts him. The Torah gives him that power yeah. to testify single-handedly that my daughter is married, period, and to this person. So she's allowed to live with this person. So therefore, in the first case of the Mishnah, when he's testifying that she's married or divorced, the Torah trusts him. He can say she's married. He can say she's divorced. He can testify on her status, of her marriage status, marital status. <speaking in Hebrew> Why should we not find anywhere in the title? The title trusts the father, believes the father more than anyone else to testify that, that, that she's kidnapped. Okay. Yeah, not, that one <speaking in Hebrew> a person says on his deathbed, Yes, Bonham, I have children. I have children. And therefore, his wife is exempt from uh, yibum. He didn't die childless. He's believed. But if we don't know, if we know him to be the only child, and then he says, Yeshliachim, have brothers. So therefore, he wants to prohibit his wife after his death, and he dies childless. He says, I have brothers, so my wife is not free. She has to continue the marriage with one of my brothers. We didn't, we never even knew he had a brother. It's a new story, a nice story, a nice Baba Mice. And and We don't believe him to prohibit his wife. As far as we know, he's an only child. So when he dies, his wife is scot free. She's free from him, and he can marry. She can marry whoever she wants. Now he's coming to innovate to create a prohibition. Based on his testimony, you don't have the power to prohibit another person based on one person's testimony. That's the, that's the mission. We see. Yeah. we see the mission is saying a person is allowed to permit his wife. If he says I have children therefore my wife we know we didn't know he had children. But you're testifying in his death that my wife that we have children and if I am not dying a uh, child uh, childless and therefore my wife is scot-free to marry whoever she wants, he's believed. But to prohibit his wife, we don't know he has any brothers. As far as we know he has no brothers, and now he's telling us that he has brothers, all of a sudden he got a brother, and he wants to prohibit his wife for that we don't believe. The mother says, "Namel, let's say my sister like Ramnos and our does not follow the opinion of Ramnos and Tanya will learn the brayitz b'shas If during the betrothal the husband says to the wife, "You should know, you should agree to marry me," she actually actually banim because I already have children from from another wife. So therefore, if anything happens to me. You'll you'll still be free. You won't have to do yibum. You won't have to continue the marriage because I'm not childless. Even if I'm childless with you, let's say she can't have children, so she doesn't want to marry him because she's going to be stuck. She loves him, but she doesn't want to marry his brothers. She says, no, you have nothing to worry. I have children from a previous marriage and therefore I'm not childless. So if anything happens to me, you're free. Mm -hmm. Or he said, during the betrothal, the husband tells the wife, to get her to agree to marry him. Even if I die, childless, No problem. I'm a single child. You have nothing to worry about. And then, when he's on his deathbed, he changes his story. He says, you should know, I have brothers. You are obligated to do Yibum. Neman Nehman lahatir, So Rabbi says we believe him the first time around. When he said, I'm not childless, I have children from a previous marriage, or when he said, I have no brothers, that we believe. So she's scot-free. But what he says the second time around, to prohibit her, that suddenly he says, no, I don't have any children. He changes his story. I don't have any children, I do have brothers, that we don't believe. That's the opinion of Rebbe. No, you trust a husband, you trust him, whatever he says. You can't just take the good news. You have to take the bad news also. Whatever he says, you trust, you trust him there. Suddenly you found him uh, trustworthy when he said he had children, when he said that he had no brothers. Now when he changes his mind on his deathbed, especially a person on his deathbed is not going to lie. So he's telling the truth. He, the truth is he hid it from her. I do have brothers and uh, I, I, I don't have any children. So we also have to believe him. So therefore our missioner will not follow the opinion of Rav and Our mission will follow the opinion of Rebbe. The answer is no, shiny awesome, there is a difference. You can't compare the case of our mission to the case over there. Since he changes story, maybe he's telling the truth, because he's dying. He doesn't want her to sin. He knows he's going to go to heaven, and because of him, his wife thinks she's scot free She's going to marry anyone when really she's not. She's prohibited. She's not allowed to marry anyone. She's stuck. Yeah, well, he doesn't want to go out with a sin on his back. So, so therefore maybe we, that's a reason. there where nothing says he's telling the truth. But in our case, in our Mishnah, Mishnah, Debbie would agree. That he's not changing his mind. He just said one time, he just said, when he's dying, he said, I have children. says he's free. That we believe. When he says, I have brothers, and you prohibit it, that we don't believe. He has no power to prohibit her. He only has a power to permit her. Yeah, it's only there, because he said, he made two statements, contradictory statements. That's where Abnasan says, you know what? He's probably telling the truth. Why is he changing his mind? Because he feels bad, he's about to die. He's going to have a sin on his shoulder. Yeah, we have to take it into account. It's a serious possibility. But if he just made one statement, he pipes up when he when he's dying. That I don't, I don't have to take it seriously. <laughs> Him, it's not his fault. If she goes let's say he has brothers, he never told her, and and she goes ahead and she thinks she's scot free and she marries it's not his sin he I never I never misled you I didn't tell I didn't I never discussed my my family. isn't it a priori is it logically compelling to argument to make on the contrary even more so. ma awesome over there even though in the beginning he told one story and now he's contradicting himself Amrit you say he's telling the truth Masnisan Lycamara, an our Mishnah, he's just he's straight. He never lied. And he's on his deathbed. Like calls He he loves his wife. He doesn't want her to sin. Yes. It's not on me. He's not I never said anything, but still, you have to tell her the truth. He could have blocked her and stopped her from sinning. So why shouldn't we believe her? Ella Radha says now our Mishnah is talking about as far as we know, he has no brothers. As far as we know, he has no children. As far as we know, everyone knows, you can't hide these things. You think you're hiding a person as brothers, or you're only child, and all of a sudden, out of, out of thin air, suddenly you, you created tr- brothers, or you created children. I mean, these things you can't hide. So we say if he says that she has that he has children, so as far as we're concerned, she, as far as we're concerned. In other words, as far as we know, yes, he has no sons, but he also has no brothers. So therefore, it doesn't matter; he has no children. He dies childless. She doesn't; she's free. There's no brothers, so when he comes and he says, "I have children," so fine. W- what are you telling she's me? Free. She's free. Even if I had brothers, I would have had brothers. She, I would be free. But we believe him. So, oh, my yesli banim But if he says yesli achim, you want to create a prohibition? You want to say that she has brothers and, and and he's childless, and therefore she's she's prohibited, she's not free. And that we don't believe who gives you the right to make her, as far as we know, she's God-free. Oh, you're creating a new prohibition. Where, where is this coming from? From thin air? Why should we believe you? But the b'raise, the case of the b'raise, the argument in Rebbe and Abnasen, when he changes his story from when he married her and he seduced her, he wanted to marry her and he tells her one story and then on his deathbed he tells a different story. So with the we continue on side B. There we're talking about a case, the Mokhzik As far as we know, he has brothers. As far as we know, he has no children. So therefore, she is prohibited. We know, as far as we know, if he dies, she, is, she has to continue the marriage. She's not free to marry whoever she wants. But nevertheless, when the husband says, when he's marrying her, I have no brothers... Or have children. We would believe him. Why? We say. Why does he have to lie and say. That he has no brothers. Or lie and say he has children. Why is he saying that? Because he wants to make sure that she won't be stuck. If he dies. He won't have to marry his brother. He has another option. But we get I'll give you a get right before I die, like we learned. I'll, I'll make a divorce on the c- condition. When I die, then retroactively you're divorced, so you're free, I have options. Why do I have to lie? There's no reason for me to lie. If my whole purpose is I want you to marry me, because I, w- I want you, you shouldn't feel you're stuck. Let's say she can't have children, and then he marries her and then he's gonna die. And maybe he's, 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 he's 30 years old, older than him, she married a billionaire, doesn't want to be stuck. <laughs> So, so he's telling her, listen, you should know you have nothing to worry about. I have no children, I have no brothers, I have children, I'm not childless. from my previous marriage, why, why does he have to lie? You want to you convince her to marry or you? You want to make sure she's free if anything happens to you? A simple solution. I'll give you a divorce on the condition, when I die, then retroactively divorce, so therefore you're free, you don't have to marry. That's valid? Yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why you believe. That's why he's believed. So there be savar mali ki When a person has no reason to lie, it's the and, and therefore you believe him. So it's it's the equivalent of witnesses. It's as powerful as the testimony of two witnesses. It's proof. This logical proof. If a person is a liar, well, why does he have to lie? They has no reason to lie. He could say something better. He could do something better. So surely he must be telling the truth. So it has the power and the force of the testimony of two witnesses. So therefore, we thought that she is prohibited. If he dies, she is. He's childless, there are brothers. Now he's coming and he's uprooting it. He's saying, no, it's not true. You're free. I do have children or I don't have brothers. So therefore, we, we, we believe him. I'm not some sabra, I'm not some He says, no. Mali Chazaka. is not more powerful than, than the Chazaka. The assumption that we all have. We all know. Everyone knows that he has childless, but he has brothers. Everyone in town knows that. So, yes. Why would he lie and say that he has no brothers? Or that he has children in previous marriage? He doesn't have to do that. He has, other, he has a better way to... to but that's not strong enough to uproot what we know. It's the equivalent. So there's no reason to believe that over the other. So So one cannot uproot the other. Totally. So if he didn't change his mind and his deathbed, I would say she's permitted. Why? Because even though the Chazaka doesn't uproot another Chazaka, but it does, it does make it more shaky. So as long as he doesn't contradict himself, this is the story that he told. <clears throat> so why would a person lie for, him, for someone else? A person, li- a person doesn't care if someone else sins. I, I, care, I care about myself. But I don't care. I'm not going to tell another person to sin. My ego tells me I want to sin. I, I want to enjoy life. So I'll do things that are wrong. But I don't want the other person to do something wrong. What do I gain if someone else, else someone else does wrong? I have nothing to gain. Why would I gain by telling my wife that you're free and have her sin when she's not? So therefore, we say, you know what? Let's trust him. If he says he he died with children, he's not childless, even though we don't know about these children. What if he's just perverse? No, but most people are not. We're assuming I most understand. people are, are sane. We're not talking about this healthy, sane people. Of course, there's always exceptions, but the Torah follows the majority. Majority of people. Are sane and therefore they're not perverse, they're not evil, they're just, they're just uh, you succumb to temptations. Mm-hmm. That I succumb to my own temptations, I'm not gonna, I don't want another Jew to sin, especially on my behalf. So if he comes and says, I have children, and he says, I, I don't have any brothers, we believe him and she's free. But when he comes and he contradicts himself, <laughs> you're changing your story. So we say, you know what, we have the original Chazaka. we all understood that she is prohibited she's not free there are brothers she is childless so when he confirms that and it's that bad we say you know what we're going to go with the second story we believe him even to prohibit her that's Rab opinion Rab Rab-Nusin. that's Rab opinion in this case only in this case oh, the third Mishnah today the third Mishnah if someone one his daughter stamp meaning he, he accepted Kidushin from a man for one of his daughters but he didn't ex- express which of his daughters he has a few daughters yeah. maybe like Yisra he has seven daughters he didn't say which one of them is being betrothed and we say we don't know for sure but the Beigris is definitely not the ones who are twelve and a half are definitely not even though he can act as her agent but it's not in his jurisdiction. So surely he's first going to marry off the daughters that is in his jurisdiction, are in his jurisdiction, which are the minors and, and the adults up until 12 and a half, and not the older ones. So, what, what about Mish He had two marriages and he has two sets of daughters from these two marriages. He well, says, i married, I betrothed my elder daughter. Many But I, I, I forgot already. I don't yeah. know. When I said elder, the oldest, I meant the oldest of the oldest, of the oldest set, the first marriage, the oldest of them. Maybe the oldest of the second marriage, the oldest of the youngest, the younger ones. Or maybe the youngest of the older, which is she's older than the oldest of the youngest all I don't know which one he, he betrothed. The one for certain I know he's not betrothed is the younger of the younger set. The youngest of the younger set. Of the youngest. He says, <laughs> They're all permitted. The only one that's prohibited, surely, when he said the oldest, he meant the oldest of the oldest. The oldest of the oldest set. Okay. What if it, the father says, is aktanda, my youngest daughter, but I don't know Mktanush, Mktanush, Mktanush. if the youngest of the youngest said, or the youngest of the oldest, which is younger than the oldest of the oldest, or the oldest of the youngest, which is younger than the, the youngest of the oldest. Cool, that's all prohibited. surely the only one that truly did not betrothed is the oldest of the oldest. Because he says the youngest, it's not the oldest of the oldest. Surely, when he said stam, when he just said the youngest, he meant the youngest of the youngest. So she's the only one who's betrothed, all the others are definitely permitted. That's the argument. That's the mission. According to that mayor, that all of them are prohibited except for the, maybe the Kiddushin, I'm not sure what he meant, so maybe the Kiddushin is on one of them. So Shammina, from here we see clearly from our Mishnah Kiddushin, that even though they can't marry, none of them could actually carry out the Kiddushin, none of them could actually consummate the marriage, because I don't know which one he meant. And therefore, if you're going to live with the one that he didn't mean, it's he a sister-in-law. Himself, what he meant? It's a sister-in-law. The husband can't live with the, with the sister-in-law. Yeah, the father doesn't know who he meant. What he meant? He didn't know what he meant when he said. No, he, he said. forgot. He forgot what he meant. I said, the, I said the youngest, but I didn't know what he meant. The youngest, the young, which youngest? I have a few youngest. I have the youngest of the youngest. I have the the youngest that are the youngest of the the oldest. I have the uh, the, 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 uh, the the oldest of the youngest. I have a lot of. So therefore, all of them are prohibited by doubt. They all need a get. They all need a divorce. But they can't live with any of them, because if it's not the right one, the husband is like a sister-in-law. You can't, you can't live with a sister. So the question is, if if a marriage that can't be consummated, what kind of marriage is it? Is an opinion that says a marriage that can't be can't be consummated? There's no marriage. Kiddushin shle <inaudible> nimzul lebiyad. Argument of a bai and rabbi here we see that it is a marriage and therefore you need a divorce and what it says my skin is no proof you know I'll tell you you know we're talking about a exchange Ella they on it. maybe our mission is talking about there's one older daughter and one younger daughter. So surely he did not betroth the oldest because the older the older is not in his jurisdiction to marry. So surely he married the Tana, which isn't the respecting mother of a Beigris. It says clearly. It says there is a Beigris, is definitely allowed. The one who's 12 and a half is definitely not. That means besides her, he has younger daughters. From the age of three to 12 and a half, he has a few daughters, and there's an older and there's younger. And he says that they all need a divorce. There's a few younger, they all need a divorce. The mother says, "My begris, you no know begris, me, begris, the alma." Not that. It means that anyone who has a begris, any any man that has a begris, any father that has a bagers, an older daughter. It's not part of the doubt. There's no question. He did not marry off his older. Daughter, it's not in his jurisdiction. Surely he married off his daughters who are under his jurisdiction. So he's saying just like Beigris, Beigris means in the plural, two Beigris and maybe k'tanis also means he had two, two younger daughters. He says no, there's only one. There's only one younger and one older. Because. The question was, he says, I'm not sure what he meant. Did he mean the youngest of the older group, the oldest of the uh, uh, younger group? Or did he mean the youngest of the youngest? But from Beigris, which is plural, that means even the youngest of the oldest group is more than just one, it's two. So even if the father definitely had in mind the youngest of the older group, or the youngest of the youngest, Or the oldest of the the younger group, which is younger than the youngest of the oldest. Fine. But if there's two, if he clearly betrothed two, two of his daughters simultaneously, and I don't know which one, then neither of them should be betrothed. Because I I can't consummate the marriage. Even, Even when he didn't know what it meant. I meant the youngest of the oldest. But there were two youngest of the oldest. So the two youngest of the oldest, he can't consummate the marriage. So it's not a marriage. She says, no, what are you talking about? We're talking about there's only one. He has two sets. Uh, first marriage, a second marriage. The older, his older wife and his younger wife. He has older children and then the second generation of younger children. Within the older one, he had the older and younger, one and one. Within the younger, he had one and one, older and younger. So whatever his intent was, it was only one, one daughter. Which, of course, she can consummate the marriage. I it says Beigris in the plural. He's not talking about that he has two older daughters. Older than 12 and a half. It means, in general, any man, any father who has beigris, in this case, he only has one. And he also has one younger. If that's the case, surely he only betrothed the younger one. Surely he did not. Uh, why, what, what, uh, why would I even think that he? Received kedushin for his beggars for his older adult his daughter, but it says my skin she made him into an agent. She says, "Father, please find me a find me a wife, find me a husband." It's about him, I would think. He Maybe he acted as her agent. So the hamash one of the missions coming to teach me no. land I mean, if a father has a choice. Who would he accept the Kiddushan? For his minor daughter, that he gets the money and he gets to keep the money? Or if he's just an agent for his older daughter, he can receive the Kiddushan, but he has to give it to her. He has to give her the, the ring, he has to give her the money. So surely, that's what he's coming to teach me. That even though he had the option of being her agent, he would prefer to marry off his younger daughter. Aren't we talking about in the case, the Amaleh, she said to him, Kiddushiloha. If the daughter trusts her father, she's still a kid, That she's 12 and a half, but she's still young. She trusts her father, Father, find me find me a husband. It, couldn't it be that he told her, she told him, keep the money? I don't care. I don't need the money. Keep the money. Just find me a good husband. They'll provide and take care of me. But yeah. so it says, nevertheless, even in such a case, <laughs> Person is not going to abandon a mitzvah that's on him. He has jurisdiction and it's his responsibility and obligation to marry off his daughter, versus once his daughter is 12 and a half, she's on her own. It's her decision. It's her, her, so, therefore, it's her mitzvah. Okay, it says now, Mishnah is a person who has two sets of daughters. So, you might, add, you might explain the argument I made Why do you have to tell me in both cases? The case where he says the youngest, and the case where he says the oldest. I need to spell it out in both cases. this argument in Nabi and Amir and if we only teach me in the first case when he says I betrothed my older daughter, I would say, Only in this case mayor says that besides the youngest of the youngest, they're all prohibited. Why? The since there's someone younger, younger than them youngest sister, that's why you call him the elder. In the case of the the second case, where he betrothed his youngest daughter, maybe that mayor agrees with Abiyasi when he says "Ketana." Surely, he meant "Laha." the the youngest of the youngest. A person calls Ketana only the youngest of the youngest. Older, anyone older than the youngest of the youngest, maybe it's called older. doesn't necessarily mean the oldest of the oldest, but the youngest means my Mazinik, you know, like a special Mazinik tons, something special about the youngest, my youngest, my last, my last child, my youngest, my baby, will always remain the baby. That's why he has to teach me no. That they arguing, he's arguing, a mayor is arguing. Even in this case, maybe the youngest is everyone except the oldest of the oldest is the younger in comparison. Maybe it's relative. <laughs> if he would teach me the case of the youngest, I would say in Baha here, here Rabbi Yishei argues. Says no, no, youngest means the youngest, the baby. But Baha, when he says oldest, maybe maybe agrees, maybe it can mean anyone, anyone that's above the youngest. Of the youngest could be called older not necessarily the oldest of the oldest. That's why he has to spell out the arguing in both cases. Now the grandmother says, meimre, do you want to say that a person would say things that are, that are ambiguous? That he said, I'm betrothing my daughter to the oldest and even though it was unclear what he meant and later on he can't remember what exactly he meant. And person doesn't." That's the argument. mayor says a person could say speak ambiguous language, and then he doesn't remember himself what he had in mind exactly. The mayor says, "No, a person speaks decisively and clearly, crystal clear." And therefore, when he said "oldest," he meant the oldest of the oldest, exclusively. When he said "youngest," he meant the youngest of the youngest. But if that's the case, we find the exact opposite. We find we learned in the Darim, it's not uh, really in the Mishnah and in the At the Pesach. So one makes an oath. Makes a vow. I'm not going to benefit from so-and-so till Pesach. So Osir, he's not allowed to benefit from him until Pesach starts. Till the first night of Pesach. The first night of Pesach, when Pesach starts, he's allowed to benefit from him. The prohibition is up until Pesach. But if he says, hey, Pesach, till Pesach will be it means till Pesach will pass, till the end of Pesach. If he says, Ad pane Pesach, till before Pesach, there's two ways to interpret it. Does he mean that the nether, the vow only goes till before Pesach? Or he means before every day of Pesach. So here we have an argument. a Amei, Osr. He's not allowed to benefit from him until Pesach arrives. Because once Pesach arrives, it's not called Pnei Pesach. Till Pnei Pesach means till before Pesach. Even though you can say every minute in Pesach is before the next minute, Pnei means before, the face, the first. So maybe, so maybe it means. Ever, so maybe the prohibition extends even through Pesach, because la- till the minute before the last minute of Pesach is the minute before the last. She says, no, a person does not cause doubt. Mayor says when he, he speaks clearly, when he says pene Pesach, he meant before Pesach, mm-hmm. till a minute before Pesach. Once Pesach starts, he's, 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 he's allowed to benefit from it. Abiyazi, amen. argues. He says, no. Atiyazi has to wait till Pesach goes because till the last minute of Pesach, the minute before is a minute before the last. is Pnei. So a person does speak on, uh, with ambiguous language. So the exact opposite of here. There Abiyazi he says a person speaks in ambiguities. mayor says, no. A person speaks decisively. Here's the exact opposite. mayor says, no. A person speaks ambiguous. The father, what does he mean? The oldest, the oldest of what? It doesn't necessarily mean the oldest of the oldest. It can mean anything. Everything except the youngest of the youngest. Or when he says the youngest. The ambiguous language is not on... Argument. You have an option of saying that he spoke clearly. He meant something decisive and clear and crystal clear. What person meant and what- you have to switch around in the d'orim. You have to say that Mayor says that you have to wait till the end of Pesach because maybe even though when he said before Pesach he can mean every minute in Pesach is Just before the be next minute. Be safe. Yeah. And and Rabbi Yaisi is the one who says no. It's clear, decisive. He meant till before Pesach. Once Pesach night starts, he's he's allowed to benefit. Well, and we we a learn the like this and they have to exactly. this is a rule. cold If it's a set time like Pesach, and he says until till before. Eimer means till the end, because the last minute of Pesach is the minute before is the minute before that he means till Pesach arrives but nay till before Pesach the face of Pesach before Pesach once Pesach arrives he's permitted Amr says this argument is only a person who has two sets of daughters two wives two generations of children from two separate wives Avo, the if he only has one wife and one set of daughters. The according to everyone, when he says elders, he meant the elders. Tana, when he says youngest, he meant the youngest, the baby. Tana mamash. The middle one, he would say, the middle one, my middle child. You say the oldest, the youngest, and my middle child. It's only when he has two sets of wives and and two sets of children. So here it becomes very confusing. What did he mean, oldest, youngest? According to you, let's already do to the Mishnah. We continue in sixty-five A. The middle one of the second of the second set should be permitted. But surely he didn't have in mind the middle one. When he said, "My oldest daughter," because if he meant her, he would have he would have called her by the name. If there was only four children, fine. But if there's an emtayis, it was older, younger, and then the second said oldest, oldest, and youngest. But if there's a middle one, surely the middle one should be permitted says you're right. Our mission is talking about There's only only each set only has two daughters, older and younger. Achena it also makes sense. If you going to say there's also a third daughter, a middle daughter listening. The mission should have said that's one of the one of the questions. Maybe it means the middle daughter because the middle daughter is older, older than the youngest. Since the mission doesn't mention it, it's clearly that the middle one is not prohibited. Because the middle one, you would call the middle one. You wouldn't call the older or the youngest. The middle is called the middle. According to you, the Vadei Sveke so what if the, the older set of children in the first wife? Vadei Sveke If there is a third daughter, then all of them are called older in comparison to the to the, to the youngest. Miktanila. So. The missioner doesn't need to spell it out. Even though she is prohibited and she needs a get. So maybe, so maybe the second case also doesn't spell out the middle daughter. You're saying anyone above the youngest of the youngest is called older. The says, How could you compare the two? Awesome, over there, Tanadi Dali Surah. There, the Mishnah says, when it comes to the first set, he's saying the younger one, that she's also prohibited. All of their daughters are prohibited. The oldest, the youngest, including the middle one also. Because they're older than the second set. Surely the ones are older than her how much more so if the youngest of the oldest set is prohibited maybe she was in, she was included in the language this is what the father meant the oldest older than the youngest set oldest of the younger children so may, surely the middle one is also prohibited he doesn't have to spell it out but if you're going to say that the middle one is also prohibited the Mishnah should have spelled it out since he doesn't spell it out it's a proof that within one set, he would have identified the middle one. He wouldn't call her the older. He would call her the middle one. According to Abai, who says that the middle daughter is not called older or younger, you call her the middle one or her name, but Pesa. He says, till the face of Pesa, right? I'm prohibited from benefiting from you till Penei still before Pesa. It's similar to one a, a father who has one set uh, one wife and one one family. He doesn't have two families. He has one wife and one family, one set of daughters. So every day is one part of Pesach. It's like one. It's like one set that has seven days. So just like Abayus says that by daughters, the middle one is called the middle, not the not the first, the oldest. So why don't you say the same by Pesach? That the middle of Pesach, I'm not calling the, the middle, the face, the, the, the or, 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 or the first, or preceding. I would call it the middle of Pesach, till the middle of Pesach. And nevertheless, Peligi, even here, Rabbi Yassi argue. So we see that, that we don't say that in one set, it's one set, and yet they argue. Maybe even within one set, the... Everyone above the mazinik, everyone above the youngest, is called older. Or everyone, everyone below the oldest, is called younger. Even the middle ones. <laughs> Answer to the, the over here. There <laughs> they're the only arguing what the person meant, what the language means. Before Pesach, as soon as Pesach comes, Pesach night, the vow is over. He's allowed to benefit from her. He says, means till Pesach is over, till it passes. There's nothing to do with our case. No comparison. to This, according to this, just a minute ago, according to this explanation, you don't have to change the mayor's opinion of There, It's a different thing. Nothing to do with like what he meant the oldest, the first, the minute before, the minute after. No, he just what the language is. What does he mean? Penea Pesach means before Pesach starts. Till, till Pesach starts, he means till after Pesach is over. The Be beat continued. have a beautiful Rishkhaydash.